Robert Hansen, known in the media as Butcher Baker, was a serial killer between 1971 and 1983. Hansen abducted, raped, and murdered at least 17 women in and around Anchorage, Alaska. Today on the Freaky Deaky True Crime in the 49, we'll be discussing one of the biggest cases in Alaska's history. I'm your host, Heather, along with my best friend and fellow true crime enthusiast, China. Hello. Now let's get to the story. Robert Hansen was born in Esterville, Iowa in 1939. He was the son of a Danish immigrant and followed in his father's footsteps as a baker. As a child, he was known to be very shy, had a really bad stutter and severe acne that scarred him. Not being popular with the attractive women from his school, he grew up hating women and with fantasies of cruel revenge. Through his childhood, Hansen was quiet and known to be a loner. He had a difficult relationship with his father as a pastime, Hansen started to practice both hunting and archery and found comfort in his newfound hobbies. In 1957, Hansen enlisted in the United States Army Reserve and served one year before being discharged. Later, he worked as an assistant drill instructor at a police academy in Pocahontas, Iowa. It was there where he began a relationship with a younger woman and married her in the summer of 1960. So China, you've heard this case, right? Oh, yeah, I think everyone okay. in Alaska has heard yeah. this case. I mean, we don't have too many serial killers, but he kind of takes the cake. Yeah. Literally. He's probably <laughs> our most famous serial killer. Yes. On December 7th, 1960, Hansen was arrested for burning down a Pocahontas County Board of Education school bus garage in revenge for his unpopularity in high school. He served 20 months of a three-year sentence. During his incarceration, he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder with periodic schizophrenic episodes. The psychiatrist who made the diagnosis noted that Hansen had an infantile personality and he was obsessed with getting back at the people he felt had wronged him. Hansen's wife filed for divorce during his incarceration. Over the next few years, he was jailed several times for petty theft. In 1967, he moved to Anchorage, Alaska with his second wife, who he married in 1963, and their two children. In Anchorage, Hansen was well-liked by his neighbors and community, opened a bakery, and he set several hunting records. Hansen began preying on women four years after moving to Anchorage in 1971, focusing mainly in the strip club area of Anchorage's downtown 4th Avenue. His first victim we know of was 18-year-old Susie Hepburn. Hansen kidnapped her from her apartment at gunpoint and was later charged with assault with a deadly weapon by a grand jury and served a mere three months in prison. During this time, Darla and the kids visited him, visited him in jail. Although he was verbally abusive to her and the children, Darla remained loyal in her marriage. Do we know how old he was at that time? I was trying to see if I had his actual birthday in here to track it down, but I don't. And he just started off with regular women and not prostitutes yeah he he was known for exotic dancers and prostitutes and pretty much anything he could pick up on the anchorage strip area was his main focus point a few days after his release hansen abducted and raped a topless dancer he then pulled over in his car with a ruger mini 14 to her head threatened to kill her 
Pleading to spare her life, Hansen made her write down the names and addresses of her family, threatening to hunt them down and kill them if she spoke about what happened. December 1971, Hansen was arrested twice, one for abduction and an attempted rape of a housewife, and again for raping a prostitute. He pled no contest to assault with a deadly weapon and the rape charge. He was sentenced to five years in prison. After serving six months of his sentence, he was placed on a work release program and released to a halfway house. Wow. I So I know this case well. I've heard a lot about it over the years. Um, I never knew any of that about his criminal background. It's Same. pretty crazy. I thought he was kind of like under the radar. Like a... Up until yeah. the big case that broke it. Like a pillar of the community type person. Yeah. And I don't know if anyone's listening. There is a movie on Netflix based on him called The Frozen Ground. <laughs> you did not. Starring Nicolas Cage. And... Even in that, they don't talk about any of his previous his like jail time or anything. Mm. No, it just I mean, it did kind of let him know he was a loner and he was awkward, and you know, loved hunting. But I never knew that he had spent jail time. Yeah, he already had a history of raping women, yeah, which cracks me up because everyone's like, he's such a stand up guy in the community. But he's Apparently raped not. women and held them at gunpoint, been known to have this vendetta against women. So it's just interesting. Hansen didn't stop there. Learning anything from his previous crimes, Hansen became more selective with his victims. His target became sex workers and dancers because they were less likely to be reported missing and less likely to be believed by authorities if they were reported being raped or attacked. Many of the women were transients who came to Alaska or runaways whose families didn't know where they were. On Christmas Day, 1971, the naked body of a female college student was found in a ravine near the Kenai Peninsula. A dancer came forward after hearing about the murder and identified Hansen to authorities. Hansen was arrested but managed to evade justice when his friends and church minister stood up for him, noting he was an upstanding member of the community. Oh, figure that. Like, how does that happen? Phone a friend? Like, no, 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 he's okay. Like, don't believe her. Like, she's wrong. Yeah. His past doesn't have anything to do with it. (laughs) Like, he made a mistake. He's learning. (laughs) It's mind-boggling. In 1976, Hansen pleaded guilty to larceny after he was caught stealing a chainsaw from an Anchorage Fred Meyer. And for anyone that's not familiar with Fred Meyer, it is a branch of Kroger's grocery stores. Pretty sure it's mainly in Alaska, but also in a few greater Pacific Northwest places like Oregon. I think they have some. I think like... And yeah, Washington. Washington, Oregon, maybe Idaho, but yeah. So I never heard of one till I moved to Alaska. I like to tell people it's the step up above Kroger. <laughs> we got clothes and stuff. I do like Fred Myers. It is where I do most of my shopping. Hansen was sentenced to five years in prison and was required to receive psychiatric treatment for his bipolar disorder. The Alaska Supreme Court reduced his sentence and he was released with time served. So for one, interesting that, once again, I didn't know he was bipolar. So that's kind of interesting to note. And also that the Alaska Supreme Court reduced his sentence. So shame on them. Yeah. Again, like this whole time. Like how? Do they not look at his prior history? Like I'm confused. Like did they not do that back then? Look at people's prior histories? Like he has a history of raping women like Maybe. Maybe. We should reduce a sentence. No, it's definitely, I'm scratching my head. The whole time I was reading this, I'm like, wow. 
I mean, if they would have just kept the guy in, you know, maybe a lot of this wouldn't happen. Yeah, he probably wouldn't have murdered a bunch of yeah. women. We just kept letting him back out. Now, this is where Hansen really starts to ramp up his crimes. May 1980, the body of Joanna Messina was found in a gravel pit. July 17, 1980, the body of an unidentified woman who had been stabbed to death was found on a Klutna road. The woman was thought to have been killed November or December of 79. Investigators named the Jane Doe a Klutna Annie. September 1982, the body of Sherry Morrow was discovered buried near the Knick River. 1983, the body of Paula Goulding was found close by the same area as previous victim Sherry. Now, China, I found this part in an article and wanted you to share. This explains Hansen's home life and marriage a little bit. Darla was a deeply religious woman who earned a master's degree in education and tutored children for income. She later said she knew Bob was up to no good, but she just thought his dirty secret was picking up hookers in the middle of the night before he opened the bakery. The couple lived somewhat separate lives. Darla and the children would regularly go to Arkansas, where her family lived during the summer each year. So pretty much she knew he was a shady dude. And apparently was fine with him picking up hookers. Which, I mean, that time, yeah, that time was definitely a lot of people, you look the other way. And it was definitely like the time of, you know, life where I feel like a lot of it was stand by your man, you're married, you have kids, but. I don't think I would be like that. Oh, no, no way. (laughs) But like, you're picking up a hooker? Okay, bye-bye. Yeah, no, definitely not something I would. But I know a lot of people back then, it was kind of like, turn the cheek, look the other way. This is a perfect example of why you should trust your intuition. Yeah. If you feel like someone's shady and not good, they're probably not. And it goes to be just interesting because, like I said, he's somehow, by everybody else, thought he was such a good guy and an upstanding citizen. But even his wife was like, no, this guy's shady. Something's up. And she would know best. Yeah. And, I mean, giving him the perfect opportunity when she's going away on these trips all that time alone. It was like perfect set up for him. So most of Hansen's crimes were worked around this schedule of when his wife would be out of town with the kids or his late night escapades where his wife just thought he was merely stepping out on his marriage. Little did she know what he was doing was far worse. Hansen would take the victims to the basement of his home or on his private plane from Merrill Field Airport in Anchorage, then fly to his cabin in the Kanika River area of the Matanuska Valley. So just a little fun fact in this sad story alaska is the last great wilderness in the united states civilization has only encroached on about 160,000 acres of its 365 million acres this is less than 1 20th of one percent of the state the rest is still untouched wilderness alaska's pilot population is also really high only portions of the state are accessible by road and a vast area of Alaska is accessible by plane or boat only. Which, ta-da, gives Robert Hansen, who just so happens to be a pilot and has access to, to commit all these horrible crimes. I mean, he has a wife that's leaving. He's, He's a got pilot. a plane. He has a cabin. It just gave him, like, the easiest opportunity. And he's taking these girls out to the wilderness where... 
they would most likely never be found. Yeah. And a lot of them, again, were kind of desperate to do anything. So they were just thinking, hey, I'm getting this job off the street. It's money. And I get to be taken on a plane ride. Yeah. And not have family that's looking for them. So it was just a really sad situation. Here's another tip. Do not get in a plane with someone you barely know. Yeah. You will most likely be flown to somewhere you can't escape from. Hansen would return these some women to Anchorage, where he let them go on the basis they wouldn't tell anyone. I've always found that really bold when people do that, because how, how do, do you know exactly. that they're not going to tell anyone? Especially with the first case when he made her write down like names and addresses and proof. But what I've read, like there's no other. It's just like certain women. He would just be like, OK, you can go. Because if someone told me not to tell anyone, I'd probably still tell someone. Oh, yeah. I would go straight to the police. I mean, that's why we have police and we have the justice system. Go. Don't try and hide this. Like all these women that didn't do anything, they were just letting him go out and do it again to another woman. So if somebody doesn't stand up for it, then, you know, so it's sad. Other women weren't so lucky. The avid hunter and Hansen enjoyed setting the women free along the Knick River and have them run while he would stalk and hunt them down with his gun or hunting knife. After killing the women, he then buried the bodies in the wilderness. Hansen often kept trophies such as jewelry and kept them in the basement. On June 13, 1983, Bob Hansen offered sex worker Cindy Paulson, age 17, to perform oral sex on him for $200. When Cindy got in the car, Hansen pulled out a gun to her head and drove her to his home. Once in the Hansen home, Bob chained her to the post, then tortured and raped her. Hansen would sleep nearby on a couch. Later, he took her to Merrill Field Airport, where he told Cindy that he was taking her to his Knick River cabin, where it was only accessible by boat or plane. Cindy was placed in the back seat of Hansen's car, with her wrist handcuffed in front of her body. It was then, when Hansen was loading the plane, that Cindy saw her chance at escape. So, for all of you who have seen the movie Frozen Ground, Cindy Paulson is Vanessa Hudgens' character. Uh, she pays the main girl in the movie and she is ultimately the one who helps catch him yes. or who helps him get arrested when his back was turned cindy opened the driver's side door on the car and ran towards nearby fifth avenue hansen began to chase her but lucky for cindy she was able to flag down a passing truck cindy got into the truck of robert yount he drove her to the mush inn where cindy pleaded with the clerk to let her call her boyfriend who was staying at the big timber motel Yount continued on his way to work, and that's where he called the police to report the incident. And by boyfriend, are we talking about her? Pimp? Yeah. That's instantly what I thought, too. Because going off of the movie, yeah, it was her pimp. Yeah, but... that's what I was wondering, too, because all that I was reading was boyfriend, but I'm pretty sure it was her pimp. Anchorage police arrived at the Mush Inn, but Cindy had already taken a cab to the Big Timber Motel. Rushing over, police officers arrived at room 110 of the Big Timber Motel, where they found Cindy still handcuffed and alone. She was taken to the police headquarters for questioning. There, Cindy described Hansen, his home, basement, the airport, and the plane to the police. At first, police didn't take Cindy seriously, being the young age of 17 and being a sex worker. The house was quickly identified as the home of Robert Hansen. 
When questioned by APD officers, Hansen denied Cindy's accusations, saying she was trying to cause trouble for him because he wouldn't pay her extra money. Hansen's manner and his friends kept him from being considered a serious suspect, and the case went cold. FBI agent John Douglas requested help with the criminal psychological profile of the crimes that had been committed in the area and based on the three recovered bodies. Now, China, do you want to read this profile for everyone? Yes. So, Douglas thought the killer would be an experienced hunter with low self-esteem, have a history of being rejected by women, and would feel compelled to keep souvenirs of his murders, such as a victim's jewelry. He also suggested that the assailant might stutter. Using this profile, Hansen was again in the frame. Which... I love, I love seeing like FBO profiles because so many times I'm like, I don't even understand how they do this. It's, it's so spot amazing. On. It's yeah. spot on. Like, it's just having that big of an understanding of a person's psyche. It's pretty crazy. I've actually always wanted to take like a profile in class because yeah. I think it would be really interesting. Same. I don't know if you've ever seen the show Mindhunter, but like watching that, I just think it's amazing watching yeah. how they profile and do that. I low key would personally love to be a behavior analyst for the FBI. I agree. It's awesome. So based on the FBI report and Cindy's testimony, finally, the police get a warrant to search Hansen's plane, home, and vehicles. On October 27, 1983, investigators uncovered jewelry belonging to some of the missing women, as well as several firearms in a corner hideaway of Hansen's attic. Also found was an aeronautical chart with little X marks on it hidden behind Hansen's headboard. Many of these marks matched sites where prior bodies had been found, Others were discovered later. Hansen was arrested and confronted with the evidence found. Eventually, Bob confessed to each item of evidence that was presented to him. He admitted to a spree of attacks against women starting in 1971. Bob Hansen showed authorities the grave sites on the map and confessed to 17 murders in total. Twelve bodies were found. Many have speculated that there are more due to 24 X marks on the map that was discovered in his home. The victims of Hansen are believed to include Lisa Futrell, Malai Larson, Sue Luna, Tamara, aka Tammy Peterson, Angela Fadern, Teresa Watson, Dylan Frey, Paula Golding, Andrea Algers, Sherry Moreau, Aklutna Annie. Joanna Messina, Horseshoe Harriet, Roxana Eastland, Celia Van Zanten, Megan Emmerich, and Mary Phil. Hansen also confessed to raping 30 other women. While a Clutena Annie still remains as a Jane Doe and has never been identified, another one of Hansen's victims, who was a Jane Doe, known as Horseshoe Harriet, was identified through DNA testing 37 years later, October of this year. China, would you like to read this part from the article? Yes. Anchorage, Alaska. A woman known for 37 years only as Horseshoe Harriet, one of dozen or so victims of a notorious Alaska serial killer, has been identified through genetic genealogy and a DNA match. Authorities said Friday. The victim was identified Friday as Robin Pelkey, who was 19 and living on the streets of Anchorage when she was killed by Robert Hansen in the early 1980s. The Alaska Bureau of Investigations Cold Case Investigation Unit said Friday. 
This is a quote. I would like to thank all of the troopers, investigators, and analysts that have diligently worked on this case over the last 37 years. Without their hard work and tenacity, the identity of Ms. Palkey may have never been known. Alaska Department of Public Safety Commissioner James Cockrell said in a statement, Hansen was only convicted of four murders, including Annie, Sherry Morrow, Joanne Messina, and Paula Golding, and was sentenced to 461 years in prison plus life in 1984. Hansen died August 21st, 2014 in Anchorage at the age of 75 from natural causes. To this day, Aklutna Annie has never been identified. She was found July 17, 1980 in Aklutna, Alaska. She was wearing jeans, reddish-brown knee-high heeled boots with a zipper on the side, light-colored sleeveless knit sweater, and a brown leather jacket. Hansen claims that she was a sex worker or exotic dancer that might be from Kodiak, Alaska. Annie was stabbed in the back when she tried fleeing from his vehicle. Hansen was attempting to drive her to his residence. If anyone has any information, please call Anchorage Crime Stoppers hotline at 907-561-7867 or leave a tip at anchoragecrimestoppers.com and go to the Submit a Tip tab. That's it for today's episode. Thanks again for joining us on the Freaky Deaky True Crime in the 49. If you're a fan of the genre, please leave us a five-star review and make sure to subscribe. You can also catch us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Freaky Deaky Pod, TikTok, at TFD Paranormal, or stop by the website, thefreakydeaky.com. If you have a story or any comments you'd like to share, feel free to send us an email at thegang at thefreakydeaky.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Heather. And I'm China, And that's True Crime in the 49.